Hello friends, it's Bill Allen from West Irwin Church of Christ in Tyler, Texas. Just uh, wanted to share a few little thoughts with you this afternoon for a brief devotional. Uh, while I'm thinking about it, my Matthew class tomorrow on Thursday will be at 2 o'clock Central Daylight Time, not 4 o'clock. And so I hope that you'll still be able to join us if you forget and tune in at 4 anyway. Uh, you can just scroll down there and it'll be on, uh, my, on, the, uh, on my Facebook page. And it'll also be in our archives at westerwin.com uh, on our church website under our social media link. Uh, but I wanted to follow up today just briefly and to have a scripture uh, from John chapter 8. Tuesday or a couple of days ago, earlier this week, we, uh, I talked about, uh, on Monday I guess, talked a little bit about the Stockdale Paradox and about how uh, that, that uh, uh, Vietnam veteran, uh, prisoner of war for several uh, years, uh, James Stockdale uh, was able to get through that, and here is what he said helped him. And uh, Jim Collins in the book Good to Great followed up on that and called it the Stockdale Paradox. And I want to apply it a little bit more generally today, uh, and also, I promise, more briefly. <laughs> um, so the Stockdale paradox is the ability to hold two opposing but equally true things at one time. That seems to contradict, but that's not necessarily the case. I think we all realize that. We just don't uh, think about it when it applies to things that we feel really strongly about. Uh, and so what he said got him through was not just being optimistic and thinking that things would get through, although he did have that assurance and belief. But what he says was the difference between himself and others who felt optimistic for a while and then gave up is that he not only felt uh, like he would prevail in the end, but he also refused to uh, acknowledge the brutal reality uh, of the times and the situation that, that he was living in. And I think those are, those are two different things, but they, are, they can both be held by a person, by a church, by a business, by a nation, by a world, in the middle of a uh, novel coronavirus pandemic, uh, we, can, we can hold both of those things at the same time. We can recognize that we're going to get through this um, and that we will uh, be better on the other side when things settle down. But, but we can also acknowledge and uh, be willing to uh, realize and accept that things are very hard right now. And that there's been a lot of suffering and uh, uh, loss of life and wonderful examples of people stepping up and uh, our wonderful first responders and healthcare workers and uh, people who have been actively trying to uh, help keep our uh, culture and society going. And now as we begin to open up, we realize that uh, tension and conflict that we hear so much on the news every day. Uh, the difference between those who say we shouldn't open up because... Uh, we care about people's lives and those who say, well, we, we have to open up because we care about our country and our economy and our, our businesses and families that are hurting. Well, which of those two views is the right one? Well, they're both right. Uh, and we can acknowledge both of them and we can be concerned for both of them. In a sense, that's uh, similar to the Stockdale uh, paradox. Uh, that both of those views are important and that we need to acknowledge both of them and consider both of them as we make our plans and, and, we, and we can act wisely uh, in deference to both. And just because you hold one view or the other doesn't mean that you don't care uh, about the other. Um, and, and I think we have to be careful about our rhetoric and, and remember that um, it's a difficult thing to judge people's motives 
And so let's not go too crazy on that one. Let's leave hearts to God and motives to God and, and try to join the discussion as best we can uh, to try to give a word from the Lord of peace and comfort and assurance while at the same time recognizing that, that uh, lives are to be considered and that uh, living in this world does maintain uh, some degree of risk. We can do that in a, in a good way, in a smart way, in a considerate and respectful way. We can do that in a loving way. Uh, so some other areas where that, that is, uh, we see that tension, that paradox, that conflict. Um, those of you that have heard me speak for uh, over a period of time uh, know that I love the Randy Lowry conflict management model. He was such an important person, still is, as the president of Lipscomb University in Nashville. But early on, he was such an important voice as uh, the idea of mediation began to be used more and more to avoid a, a long, drawn-out court battle. And his chart has been so helpful to me through the years that it contrasts the issue on one axis and the relationship on the other. And um, what makes that work is that you realize that sometimes both of those are important to consider. And that's hard. I get that. I get that. Uh, but I think that's... Uh, it's, it's okay to, to realize that sometimes the issue is more important than the relationship. Sometimes the relationship uh, is more important than the issue is not as important. Sometimes they're both important and they both need to be heard. Uh, and, and you uh, try to maintain some sense of balance and maybe even a creative collaboration to come to a solution or at least a compromise. Um, and and that's, uh, that's a paradox uh, to acknowledge both of those. Uh, other times, we, as in our church, we seek to help uh, the needy, and at the same time, uh, we believe in trying to help people uh, more than just right now, and to help them throughout this life uh, to, to be able to find a way to, to make it themselves, because we know that's important, uh, but we're here for them when they need it, and we're here for each other, and we all need help occasionally, and and so those are, those are not... Um, uh, those are not things that can't co coincide together. Um, having strong convictions while still treating others with respect. As Ephesians 4 says, speaking the truth in love. Uh, it's okay to have strong convictions and to believe strongly in what you understand to be the truth based on what Scripture says. That's a good thing, uh, but that doesn't give us the right to treat others in unloving ways. And so we seek to speak the truth and love, to maintain a commitment to both grace and truth, to both love and obedience. Uh, Jesus came full of grace and truth, uh, John says in John chapter 1. Uh, he, he was committed to both, and we should be too. Uh, he was committed to love and obedience. As he tells his disciples and us today in John 14, uh, he, he tells them three different times that if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Uh, Loving and being obedient are not mutually exclusive. In fact, we fulfill the first great commandment to love God uh, by being obedient to him and to his will. That's one of the ways we show our Father uh, that we love him. It's one of the ways that we show that we love him by loving our neighbor as ourselves, uh, being willing uh, to do both of those things. Um, and Jesus calls us to do, uh, to do both. And so with that in mind, I want us to, to look just briefly at a wonderful example of that in the life of Jesus. 
this is the passage in John chapter 8, the first several verses. Yes, I know there are some textual variants, and so I'll let you chase that down and decide if this is something that was in John's original gospel or not. Uh, I happen to think that it was, and even if you say that it wasn't, as you, as you read these words and hear this story and see Jesus' response, uh, we can all agree that it is exactly the kind of thing that we see Jesus doing uh, throughout the rest of the Gospels. So this story in John 8, um, at dawn, verse 2, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law, or scribes, and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. Well, how could they trap him? Well, here's that paradox. Here's that choice. Are you going to stand for grace and forgive this woman, or are you going to stand for truth and the law? And do what the law says. The law says she should die. You say we should be kind and merciful and accepting and forgiving of one another. Which is it, Jesus? Which are you going to choose? But as we've seen in John chapter 1, verse 14, Jesus came full of grace and truth, revealing grace and truth, unlike Moses who came revealing the law. Uh, Jesus came revealing truth, yes, but also grace. So how would he respond? And even though their motives were horrible and they had zero compassion for this woman, they had zero interest in the law and obedience. All they were doing was trying to trap Jesus. And yet, in spite of that, he gives this wonderful response beginning in John 8, uh, around the middle of verse 6. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin... Be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. In that action, in that teaching, in that example, Jesus commits himself to obedience to the law and upholding the truth of God's will and God's word, while at the same time showing grace and love and mercy to this woman. How do you say that, Bill? Well, obviously, he satisfied the Jewish leaders who were trying to trap him by telling them, hey, the law is very much in effect right now, so any of you that is without sin, throw the first rock and the rest will join. And they all knew that they were sinners, just like this woman, and they couldn't do it. And so they all left. And then Jesus asked the question, the law has been satisfied to that extent. Mercy has been shown. Jesus asked the woman, is no one here to accuse you? And she said, no one. And Jesus says, then I don't accuse you either. And he is the only one that could have thrown that first rock, and yet he chose not to. And so many times we think of this story, and we hear this story, and we read this story, and that's where we stop. But that's not where the Gospel of John stops, and that's not where Jesus stopped either. The rest of verse 11 says this, Go now and leave your life of sin. The law was upheld. Mercy was granted. Love was shown. 
but the law was upheld because the way the woman was living was sinful and was wrong according to the word and will of God, and Jesus would not allow her to continue. He confronted her, and he told her, yes, I'm showing you grace, but remember the truth of God's word and God's will matters. And so in that way, Jesus upheld both grace and truth. He upheld both love and obedience. Uh, and we need to do the same. As we think of all the crazy um, things that are going on in our land today, let's not give up on either. Let's be fully committed to both grace and truth, uh, to both love and obedience, uh, to that way of showing grace and mercy and acceptance and respect and consideration, while at the same time, being 100% firmly committed to living and to sharing the word and will of God. I hope you can join me tomorrow afternoon for our next Matthew study. Uh, we're going to start at 2 o'clock, not 4 o'clock. Uh, and so be here at 2 if you forget or if you just can't make it at 2. Uh, it'll be on my Facebook page and also on our westerwin.com uh, uh, website at 4 o'clock as well. Uh, may God bless you. And may God bless us all as we seek to be faithful to him and loving him in obedience and trusting faith and in loving our neighbor as ourself. God bless.